Welcome back, everybody, to Going for Two, the official podcast of the Extra Points newsletter. I am your intrepid host, the author of said newsletter, Matt Brown. I'm joined here by my friend and co-host, Brian Fisher. And, and friends, the weather's starting to warm up a little bit. It's mid-May. And back in our regular lives, our old careers, this is the time of year when you go on vacation, when you turn your phone off a little bit. Because the NFL draft is over. There's not a major sporting event uh, in the college space for a couple more weeks. The recruiting calendars you know, slow down for a little bit. This is supposed to be the off season, right? Are you are you ready? Are you ready for a nap, Brian? Uh, definitely ready for a nap. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just about to say my my brain has been fried the, these last couple of days, and and it's wild to think that yes, this this is normally a time where things are supposed to slow down, but it seems like the news just just never stops. And maybe that's just kind of being on Twitter and being on this kind of twenty four hour news cycle that that seems to always pop up. But uh, I, I am ready for a nap or at least a break or something uh, in, in the world of college athletics to hit pause and just you know give us a week. You know, give me give me a week. Well, first of all, your first mistake. It's the same mistake I make. So we're on Twitter. We should we, we should. True. The only person who should be on Twitter is apparently my six year old daughter who occasionally will hijack my computer to remind people to be nice to each other. Everyone else is using the platform incorrectly. Um, but yeah. So if you are an athletic director, a conference commissioner, uh, an athlete, anybody else who's listening to this podcast, it's just be cool for a week. All right. Because despite our best efforts, things are are still happening. Uh, I think especially in our post-COVID world where there's a lot more administrative stuff happening that needs to be uh, sussed out. And also because this is the most that uh, college athletics have been in the news on the state house level really in the last decade, if, if, if not beyond that. And, and that's kind of what I want, I want to talk maybe briefly a little bit about today because – there's been a lot of developments over the last seven days or so on the name, image, and likeness front. And I want, I want to start by, by talking about Georgia, right? So we have a handful of states, mostly in the Southeast right now, with the exception of New Mexico, that have signed name, image, and likeness laws that are going to go into effect this summer. Those, school, those states are, are chasing Florida. Um, it is pretty, it is certainly perceived within the industry, I think correctly, that having some kind of state level regulation right now that allows athletes to take advantage of this would be a recruiting advantage. And nowhere, I think, has that been more explicitly made than in Georgia, where you had, correct me if I'm wrong here, Brian, the dang governor signing the law at Sanford Stadium, I think explicitly stating, I'm doing this because I think it will help the dogs win a title. I'm doing this because I think it will help five stars come to Athens, Georgia. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? I, I believe that is almost uh, word for word. What his quote was, was that he was going to help Kirby smart, you know, bring a national title back to, uh, back to the peach state. And, and listen, I, I think it's going to be interesting because we're, we're going to see pretty much uniformity across the sec in particular. That's going to be the first conference where we're going to have pretty much every state have an NIL law on the books, probably before the season starts. So I think that that is something to kind of keep in mind and something I know the, the conference office is, is going to have to deal with and as well yeah. as others like the Sun Belt and even maybe even the AAC um, in, in terms of the, the number of people that's going to impact just the, it, it is wild to think uh, 
how accelerated this timeline is because normally bills uh, do not become laws as quickly as they have been. But when recruiting in in the deep south is is impacted, it, it's amazing how quickly government can can get on its feet and get something done. To help the dogs, I mean, imagine how you must feel if you're Georgia Tech right now. <laughs> like, what a gigantic middle finger to you and your program and any of your grads working in state politics right now to to have your the governor be so like explicitly partisan about this but hey i mean the dogs play like that's all politics is local and what is what makes more sense than to play to the uh the the hometown fans you're you're right arkansas mississippi alabama south carolina georgia and florida have all enacted laws louisiana tennessee kentucky missouri and texas uh, have all at least proposed them I, i think those are all pretty well on their way towards becoming a law with the exception of Missouri. Um, Almost every state outside of the Midwest and like Utah uh, and Idaho have, have at least started this process, but, but that, okay. We could kind of expect that, right? There's a lot of, a lot of political pressure to keep up with Alabama and Florida. What was interesting about this Georgia law was not just how nakedly partisan it was like not Democrat Republican, but like, Got to help the dogs. But that there was a, a paragraph in this bill that, to the best of my knowledge, has not appeared in any other uh, name, image, and likeness law that, that's that been signed or even, like I think, credibly proposed at this point. Uh, Brian, do you remember what, what, what that particular weird wrinkle was in this law? Well, in, in this case, which really kind of caught everybody's eye, which, you know, is shocking that it kind of kind of came so late in the process. But essentially what the bill allowed for schools to do was take 75 percent of the NIL money uh, that students were going to receive as part of this new law uh, for their name, image and likeness. They would allow them to put it into an escrow account and essentially distribute that to the rest of the athletes who were not part of that deal uh, after they graduate. And so I think that's where everybody was like, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Time out. What what is going on here? What what, number one? How did this pop up? And number two, really, uh, you know, this this kind of defeats the whole purpose of the name, image, and likeness. It's it's about your name, image, and likeness. But this was a way, uh, I think, for some creative um, uh, people that were part of this bill and in the process that created it to kind of redistribute some of this wealth as well that uh, maybe the star players were getting, but you know, the the backup left tackle was not uh, not kind of purview of. Uh, And so I think this is uh, one that. Definitely got a, got everybody talking about uh, as far as who who's actually going to take advantage of this and and why was it put in there in the first place? So why was it put in there in the first place is what's fascinating to me because I, I went up and I looked up the House bill and I think almost all of the co-sponsors are not, not just Republicans in the Georgia the State House but very conservative Republicans and and uh, you know it's been a minute since my political science coursework I did a long time ago. That's what I actually got my degree in. But this does seem like some pretty dramatic wealth redistribution plans. That's typically not what a, a more conservative uh, person w- would believe in. Um, and, and I've reached, I actually emailed them all and said, hey, listen, like I'm, I'm not here to talk on you. I'm, I'm just literally trying to understand why this was put in here, who asked for it, like, you know, how can walk me through the thought process. Big surprise. No one's responded to me yet. If you're a Georgia lawmaker and you're listening to this, my email is Matt. <laughs> at extrapointsmb.com. Um, but we also reached out to the actual FBS institutions in Georgia because right, almost immediately after this bill was signed, UGA's athletic personnel came out there and said, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not doing this. If you come to Georgia, you're going to get to keep all your money. Georgia Tech said the same thing. Georgia Southern said the same thing. This morning, I reached out to Georgia State. 
they told me the same thing. And I have, I re, I've also sent emails to Kennesaw and Mercer, the two SCS programs. And I would be pretty surprised if either of them said, no, we're planning on, on pooling this, which then begs the question, if nobody at the FBS level wants it, and I, I, know, I know that there are FBS, there's division one institutions in Georgia that don't have football. I just can't recall them off the top of my head. If, if, unless one of them asked for it, who is this for? I, I can't, I, I can't even come up with a, a potential reason that passes the sniff test other than somebody like a copy and paste error or some, some legislative age has made a type, like a, a weird typo. I, I, I legitimately don't, don't know. Well, I think there's two things. I think number one, this really does expose how the lack of leadership at both the school level and the NCAA level has affected uh, this this entire process. Because you know, if there had been somebody out there, whether it's from the University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, whoever, uh, working with Slaters, who they, they typically do. I mean, they, they get uh, billions of dollars from from the states for research and, and other yeah. you know aspects. And, 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 and in other states, the ads and coaches have been involved in advocating and shaping the New Mexico. Mexico, like New Mexico State's AD was like testified, right? I think, you know, I think New Mexico's football coach testified. They've been involved, I want to say, at, at Iowa and in Kansas. Like it's not, it's, it's not happening in a vacuum. Sorry. It, it's not. And and I think, you know, there's it just obviously didn't happen in, in this case with Georgia, um, you know, and, and I think that kind of points back, which is curious because, you know, Jerry Moorhead, the, the University of Georgia president, he's on the board of directors. So he, he's fairly involved in, in NCAA matters and, and what's going on, uh, both from a larger perspective and, and on the ground. And, um, you know, I think it does kind of point to the, the lack of leadership, just how quickly these state legislature are, are trying to get this these bills passed because they, they do view it uh, a bit of a, as, as a recruiting issue um, between their schools and the rest of the schools uh, in their conference. I think there's there's that. And then I think you can also point back to uh, it's not just the star players that, that are benefiting from this this legislation. And, you know, they, they want to kind of spread that wealth around. I, I think that yeah. is the key key topic here. And and I think it's I, I do think there are certain issues, you know, if, if you want to get political and uh, look back in terms of the you know where this is coming from, I think uh, you, you can probably do that. But I think at the end of the day, uh, a lot of these these uh, state lawmakers, you know, they, they simply wanted a, a bit of an escape hatch to where uh, some athletes who, frankly, were, were not going to get paid for their name, image, and likeness could at least get get their hands in, in the pot. And maybe they thought that in, at the end of the day, that would help every every other sport uh, recruit athletes as well, saying, hey, you know, you, you might not get that $5,000 check, but you're going to get something at the end of the day. Maybe that was the, kind of the thinking, but I, I do think there's um, some other factors at play that, uh, you know, they, they really weren't considering when, when they put this in there. I, I'm going to be honest. Between this and what happened at Florida, and I've actually because I'm a broken person, have watched some of the debate around some of these bills uh, and, and a couple of state houses because I've tried to track this issue pretty closely. And one major takeaway that I've had from this entire name, image, and likeness and college athletic reform conversation is these lawmakers are not well informed with how college sports works and how this particular issue works. Um, and that has not stopped them from, from, from proposing some, some pretty sweeping legislation, in part because I, I think they had, they're facing some pressure from a couple of donors or from schools that this is going to help the football team. And my takeaway, and I'm, I'm sure there's some libertarians listening going, yes, yes, right? Like that if you've got these lawmakers, a lot of whom are part-time, that are making laws about something they don't really understand about college sports, which is something that you and I understand very well. Well, imagine what they're doing for stuff that's actually important that they, that they may now, like this, I, I have not come away thinking that everyone in Georgia 
in the Georgia, the Florida House. And this is you know, this is not a Democrat Republican thing. Buddy, I live in Chicago. I know a thing or two about bad local politicians from all stripes. Um, I don't think we're sending our best and brightest to uh, to investigate this issue. And that is important, given that, just like you had said, Brian, the, uh, the, the authority here has mostly been delegated from the schools. The people that actually know this issue the most are now no longer the people who are who are most in charge of shaping that policy. And we've seen that in Georgia. And we saw that in Florida uh, a week or two ago when uh, basically one House member got some bad advice and threw in a clause and an unrelated bill at the last minute to to potentially postpone uh, name, image, and likeness until 2022, igniting some kind of fire. And God knows what's going to be in some of these other bills because they were sports writers, apparently. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this this pops up this issue of kind of dipping your toes in at college athletics and not knowing all the details. Uh, it, it pops up pretty much any time the government gets involved in pretty much anything. I mean, you look at going back to the Supreme Court case, the Board of Regents versus Oklahoma, uh, you know, that that whole case. When, when you listen to some of the questioning, it's, it's like they had never watched a football game. Some of the Supreme Court justices. Um, you know, I, I actually was a little surprised. Yeah. And they had a former football player on the Supreme Court that and not just a former football player, an extremely good and very famous football player compared to people who have never watched sport. And, and I mean, congressional hearings, uh, another perfect example. When, whenever, uh, you know, cert- certain NCAA leaders go up in, in front of Congress and we're, we're going to see, I think, a, a lot more of it. Uh, I, I know Mark Emmer is, is going to go to the Hill uh, at some point in the near future, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, it, you know, it, it's almost like a, a huge tell uh, in terms of you can you can see who is an actual sports fan. Uh, maybe somebody like uh, Senator Cory Booker, who, who is a former uh, Stanford football player. And, you know, they, they do speak with a, a little bit of acknowledgement uh, in terms of what these core issues are, but they also don't know all of the, the details because they are so far removed from it. And I, yeah. I think that is where, again, Mark Emmert and, and the NCAA's lack of leadership on this topic is so glaring to me. It, it, they they just have not shepherded this process like they should. And they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on lobbyists and, and, and tried to get in, but they have not done, they have really not done anything, especially at the state level. And I think that's where both from a university perspective, um, you know, this has really kind of failed uh, the system and, and from the NCAA perspective as well, that they have just not gotten the, the right messaging out there. They have not gotten on the same page. And that's why we're seeing so many different attempts to, to address this issue. And, and there hasn't been really a lack of both national and local leadership to get these bills through and really address the the heart of the issue. Yeah, I don't want to insinuate here that I think that you need to have a tiger droppings account in order to be an effective lawmaker. In fact, as somebody who's had to read tiger droppings before for work, I might even said that might be a disqualifying event, right? Um, a lot of people on college football message boards I wouldn't necessarily want to making healthcare, healthcare policy, but there is a, an element, uh, the way that it's been described to me, I, I guess, would be like this. It's not so much that a lot of lawmakers, both state and federal, are ignorant about how college athletics works and how higher education works. It's also that they're not that interested in it. And on one hand, I think that's very defensible because as important as I think these issues are, and chances are you think they're important too, listener. That's why you're 20 minutes deep into a podcast about name, image, and likeness in May. Um, I think we can all agree <laughs> that no matter what level of government we're talking about there's probably more important things that they should be focusing on if you know in my, my, my state and potentially considering this legislation wonderful i think ultimately that would help athletes but 
Uh, was that in the top 10 biggest issues in Illinois right now? I, I, I don't know. Probably not. And then you're working on housing policy and COVID relief and healthcare and budgets, you're not dedicating the time to, to really understand this. And so that what tends to happen is that you have a handful of lawmakers who drive the bus and in Congress, like that's there, there's like five or six senators who really care about this. And the way it's been explained to me is that a lot of people are mostly ambivalent. And then you have like Tuberville, who's really just kind of doesn't care or, or cares to, to slow this kind of stuff down, I guess. I think that's kind of what we're looking at here. And if the one or if the person who's super interested doesn't do a good job, then you end up with um, some some potential issues. And this can be resolved if there's a federal bill that supersedes everything. And it will be helped if there's a universal NCAA policy. And I guess looking at the past couple of days, the idea that there might be some movement on the NCAA front seems to have gained at least a little bit of traction, unless we're, we're misre- I'm misreading the Mark Emmert's recent comments, the New York Times. Well, I, I think it's interesting that he, he did have to go to the New York Times instead of talking directly to membership or directly to uh, the, the D1 council. Well, Mark, Mark, you got my email, baby. Yeah, you, you, exactly. could, you could just drop me a line too. But, uh, you know, I mean, listen, the, the NCAA name, image, and likeness proposals have been sitting out there since January. They, yeah, they were set not, to be voted on in it's January. Not, it's not news. Yes. I, I mean, they, they, and the, the reason why it's on the back burner really is, is anybody's guess, because, yes, the, the Department of Justice sent you know, a letter out there. I do think there are significant legal concerns from the NCAA not only passing their initial set of laws, which kind of opens them up to some potential legal issues. Obviously, we talk about all these state different state laws. Well, you know what? If the NCAA wants to successfully challenge those in court and get that process started in terms of, yes, we, we do need a national standard. Well, you're, you're going to have to, you know, kind of fall back on a lot of those commerce clauses and and challenge them legally uh, in in court. And so while it's good that, uh, you know, the Georgia's law is over here doing something different than, say, the Florida law, that actually might help the NCA's case in in this when they go to get an injunction uh, to stop this. But at at the same time, it also opens themselves up, you know, to a potential lawsuit if they end up passing their name, image and likeness uh, bylaws like they were supposed to do in January. If they end up passing them, somebody ends up suing, they could get, you know, stuck in court for for that. And so it's, it's, a, it's a thorny issue. I think at the end of the day, they, they will end up passing something uh, either in June or July and, and, and we'll kind of go from there. But I think the, the, the great unknown is really what is frustrating all these administrators you talk to, to the coaches, you know, at some point there, there's going to be something that's going to happen in the late summer and nobody really knows what, how they're going to have to react to it. They're doing their best to, um, you know, subcontract out some things to, with, with different companies and, and provide options for uh, their student athletes to if you know things open up but at the end of the day you don't know how all this is going to kind of work it, it's just a crazy jigsaw puzzle and I think that is really where the frustration is setting in on behalf of a lot of these schools is that they, they're, they're trying to do their best to prepare but they don't know what's coming at them you touched on something that has been an overarching theme of almost every conversation I've had with anybody about this over the last couple of months, including some I had like literally this morning, is there's so much frustration over that uncertainty. Like imagine right now that you are preparing to um, your high school senior and trying to figure out what college you want to go to. Right. Well, you know, if you go now in the most places in the southeast and New Mexico, you will be able to, according to the law right now, take advantage of your name, image, and likeness rights once you step on campus. Um, you can infer that's likely at most other places, but you don't know that 
for certain. And you also don't really know for certain what's going to happen after July. If the NCAA is going to sue, if if there's going to be uh, if, if lawmakers are going to change things. And so if if if, if your name is likeness rights, you're most in like your top two most important variables. You can't really make a college decision right now because everything, not everything, but a lot of things could change in the next six months. I was talking with um, a small company that, that's trying to get involved in this space on uh, that, that to help broker deals with athletes and athletes have indicated they're interested. And it's a marketplace that matches uh, you know, athletes with, with potential local deals. It's not so much the, the Trevor Lawrence's, but like, you know, uh, uh, the space we've talked about a lot, softball players, cross country runners, and their service charges athletes or agents a, a flat fee and then doesn't charge the brands. Some marketplaces work the other way around. So like, all right, that's interesting. Can the school pay for that? Can the school buy a membership for everybody? Well, we don't know. We don't know if that's allowed yet. Okay. Well, what kind of industries are allowed to advertise in this marketplace? Well, we don't know. Like that, that hasn't that hasn't been determined yet. Uh, how do you ensure that you're being compliant, not just with the NCAA, but with like state or, or the national laws or the FTC? We don't know. We're trying to build a plane. And we have a vague idea what the plan looks like because a lot of these companies do these deals with pros. Like we, we have a general idea of what the, this marketplace looks like if you're trying to sign a sponsorship deal for somebody in the NWSL or the NHL, but nobody knows. And that leads to paralysis from brands. That leads to paralysis from these third-party vendors. It's paralysis from the schools, paralysis for the athletes. And my concern is the longer that goes and the more market confusion there is for all actors, that's going to make it a lot easier for somebody who has um, maybe less than righteous uh, intentions to move in. When there's a lot of confusion and no one really knows what, 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 what the rules are going to be, um, some people are going to try to, there's going to be some scammers and hustlers. And we, we kind of know here at the end of the day, it's generally not the multi-million dollar uh, land grant university that gets stuck holding the bag. It's probably going to be the person with the least amount of power, which is an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, Sports Illustrated who, who said there's you know nearly 150 of these kind of firms that are popped up to kind of deal with name, image, and likeness, and it, it's yeah, just a th- that, that feels almost low. I feel like I get an email from one of them once a week. But yeah. my eligibility is passed. I'm fat. <laughs> I'm not the guy you want to sign. Yeah, I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. That <laughs> I'm not going down that road with you, Matt. But Elizabeth, no. I mean, it, it's just such a thorny issue because you know, are, are you able to kind of give financial advice as well in terms of which deal is best, or is that not allowed, or is it allowed? And and I mean, you also got to keep in mind. Look at the some of the other sports involved in, in name, image, and likeness that could really benefit. We've talked quite a bit on this program about women's sports. Well, if you're a in, in a women's sport and, and maybe an equivalency, if you're getting maybe 10, 15, 20 grand, how is that going to affect your financial aid? Is it going to impact whether you can get a full scholarship or, um, you know, certain issues out there? Maybe it bumps your, your family's tax bracket up to where you're no longer qualifying for, for certain uh, national financial aid. I mean, there's a lot of issues at stake and, and I don't think anybody really kind of has their head around, uh, everything. And, and you, you know, that is a, a perfect analogy that you just mentioned in terms of, you know, trying to build the plane while, while we're flying it. And, and it does seem like we're, we're losing parts here. We're, we're trying to, to add landing here and there. And, and it, it just, uh, it's just all a mess. And I think everybody's frustration with it is certainly reaching a boiling point because we have been talking about it for so long. We've been talking about this for three years now. Yeah. And, and, and really we're not any closer uh, to what is actually going to look like from a day to day perspective for the student athletes, for the coaches, for the administrators, for the people on the other side of the fence that really do want to not only help these athletes, 
athletes, but um, you know, pay them five or ten thousand dollars for a tweet or an Instagram post, or you know, getting them in a in a, in a car dealership commercial. We're, we're no closer to really understanding how it's all going to fit together, and I think that uh, again is the frustration that I think a lot of administrators, especially, are starting to vent right now, and and that uh, leads to to more and more pushback against what's happening in the national office with what Mark Emmert is trying to do. Yeah, and, and to kind of put a bow on this. This, this is there's a reason that Brian and I keep talking about it. There's a reason that I probably write about name image aligned us on some level. It feels like almost every other week on extra points. And it, it's not because we um, are, you know, we're in the pocket of big brand, right? Like I I I, I don't I don't think that my target audience or is, is, is going to be crying at night because they're concerned about the bars in Tuscaloosa losing out on potential market marketing opportunities. Like that, that, that sucks. It's a bummer for them. Like I, I want them to be successful, like, like other businesses, but this, I, we talk about this a lot. Cause I, I honest to God think that this matters for everybody who cares about every level of college sports. It matters because if we do head into the, the latter part of this summer without a national framework at least voted on, it's going to be a big deal in recruiting for on, on, on multiple sports. And that is the thing that NCAA administrators and conference commissioners and ADs really do not want. They don't want a bidding war which, in name image like this legislation between Louisiana and Missouri and Alabama. And if you if you pass some kind of national framework, it's OK if the state laws differ a little bit. Minimum wage differs a little bit. Um, financial reporting laws differ a little bit, and and it's okay. They don't want that chaos, and that's a bigger possibility now, I think, than it was five or six months ago. I I, I also care about this because I care about the 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 livelihood and the happiness of college athletes, particularly those that don't have a potential big payday coming down the line, and we don't know yet what how the their ability to secure that bag and, and, and what that's and what that looks like. And there's this whole gigantic cottage, cottage industry here that's sort of waiting in the wings. And I am, I, I guess maybe against all odds, stupidly optimistic that there's going to be some NCAA level resolution before September 1st. I am not optimistic. There's going to be a federal law passed and voted on before the start of football season. I, I think that might happen this year, but it, I, 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 what I'm hearing right now, it's looking like the winter rather than anything in the in the near future, which is what the NCAA wanted. So they wouldn't have to deal with this. I mean, I would be shocked if even in 2021 calendar year 2021, we have something passed at the federal level. I, I think we're we're at that point where uh, you, you certainly look at some, it's, it's infrastructure week, Matt. So you know, I mean, there, there's some big bills out there that you Listen, know, Congress is trying to focus on, right? Bag men are infrastructure. My 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 boy uh, Scott Hines Action Cookbook actually wrote about this on his newsletter. I want to throw in a link when I write about this as like his bold infrastructure plan is that is like a national board to help bribe college athletes. And that could be the West Virginia pork that ties this country together. I'm kidding. I'm a teensy bit not kidding. Well, yeah. I mean, l- listen, if, if it can get Joe Manchin on board for, for some of these bills so we can get things going. Hey, there we go, man. Maybe, that, maybe that's the secret, Joe. Uh, you know, uh, you know get Marshall into the Big 12. Yes. I, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the thing about everything is uh, I think federally, yes, that, that would be the, the great 
hope of everybody is there's a federal law. We, we, it's very clear. It's spelled out. Everybody understands. Here's the, the rules of the game. But whether we're going to get that in time, I think uh, I, I seriously doubt it. I just the way Congress operated on pretty much every issue known to man uh, leads me to doubt that. I think even, you know, Anthony Gonzalez, um, you know, who, who has uh, kind of put forward his own version of, of an NIL bill uh, in, in the House, and it's working its way through that through that process. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, to, to Peter King said uh, essentially that yeah. he 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 sees it more happening uh, certainly late in the winter and, and potentially getting passed in in twenty twenty two. The NCAA cannot wait around for that that long. I, I do think that does put kind of the pressure on on Mark Emmert as, as much as they they want that antitrust exemption, as much as they want that federal legislation. They're they're going to have to come up with a plan B in terms of how to deal with these states. And number one, what are they, and, and really even uh, setting aside what legal challenges they might have to do with states, what are they going to do internally to, to push this forward? Because th- there's going to have to be some sort of solution because um, it, it's fascinating. We're, we're like six weeks away from, from that Florida law really coming coming up. And, and I, I, I there's just so much unknown. And whether it's the third party administrator, whether it's uh, just kind of boots on the ground, what, what are you going to have to do reporting wise uh, with all of these deals uh nobody nobody wants an uneven playing field and and this is kind of the, the biggest one of them all that i think everybody's t- is going to have to deal with over the next couple of weeks i want to talk a little bit about what that plan b might look like and a little bit of, it, of stuff here on the federal level but before i do since we're talking about money let me quickly talk to you a little bit about some of our sponsors um listen i'm going to be honest with all of you if i was really good at understanding financial markets or investment advice I would be doing that. I would not be in digital media, which is a very rewarding career that I love and I think I'm pretty good at. It's not a career for somebody who actually understands money. Uh, But so that means I'm I'm looking for other information to help me understand some of those markets. And one of the newsletters that I've been reading lately is The Average Joe. Friends over there, they write a newsletter that publishes three times a week. It's read by over 15,000 investors that helps you understand market opportunities and how to improve your financial health in language that somebody like me, an idiot who has a political science degree and got like a C plus GPA can understand. And if I can do it, I'm pretty sure you can understand it too. Um, You can save thousands of hours of research, understand emerging trends, upcoming IPOs, where you can actually put your money in something that's probably a little bit safer than investing in a cryptocurrency backed by SNL hosts. You can uh, subscribe to The Joe yourself at readthejoe.com. This podcast is also a product of the Extra Points newsletter. That that newsletter just rebranded. It's on Ghost now. You have this beautiful new series of landing pages. It's got this great big directory uh, of open records that I filed. So anybody can go look at things like shoe deals, itemized budget reports, coaching contracts, all sorts of of general uh, background financial data that you need to be able to understand college athletics and understand specific schools a little bit better. It's all available to you. And it's a newsletter that publishes four times a week, shares this podcast, You have original reporting and unique analysis about everything that all the behind the scenes stuff that makes college athletics what it is. Already just just this week, I published a story today from some emails I I uncovered through open records requests that explains how EA Sports determines how much money they're gonna pay to somebody for their licensing to be in the video game and how San Diego State doesn't like that idea and doesn't think they're getting enough money because they feel like their football program is being shortchanged. Honestly, they might have a point. Uh, I, I've also uh, wrote this week about some of the surprising decisions at UC Riverside to continue Division One athletics 
and at the University of Hartford to not continue Division One athletics, what we can take away from that and what it means for other schools. You can uh, grab all of this and subscribe for free, and you or you could subscribe as a paid subscriber, which helps continue this podcast and uh, keeps me employed and gets you four newsletters a week and access to our special descri- um, subscriber Discord. If you're not already a paid subscriber and you've listened this far into this ad, when you go to check out, use promo code podcast, not go for two, podcast, all one word. Um, that gives you 20% off a paid subscription. That means you can get every extra points newsletter for under $6.50 a month. Um, I can think of a lot of things you could spend $6.50 on. This is a pretty good deal for that, I think. So that's www.extrapointsmb.com, promo code podcast. Uh, Brian, as I understand it right now, you've got, you still got a variety of various Senate bills and none of them are bipartisan. <laughs> you have a handful of Republicans that have expressed interest in uh, supporting a image like this and have expressed interest in college athletics reform. Um, what they want to do and what someone like Senator Murphy and Booker want to do are, are not super aligned on a couple of big things. And in the House, you actually do have a bipartisan bill, but might not be uh, progressive enough on either front or expansive enough on either front to, to gain passage for anything. And that's kind of been about about it. I mean, what, what, what I've been hearing from folks who, who work in the, in their right and the, the Hill right now is that this just, this isn't a major priority. Uh, and, and they, they get why sports writers are asking, are, are asking about it and they have constituents that are asking about it, but you're right. It is infrastructure week and there's, there's, there's tax policy to go change and, and there's foreign policy and nobody is likely to vote out a congressman because of name, image, and likeness. Does that jive with what you've been hearing and reading? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a winnable issue to say, hey, look, you, you can get the support of fans in your district or in your state uh, because they're, they're sports fans and they, and they love their dogs or they love their bulldogs or they love their gators or whoever it might be. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody's like rushing to say, yes, we, we, I, I'm going to support that guy at the, at the next midterms um, because he, he got my dogs uh, an extra four or five star recruit. Maybe some some are going to vote that way, but I, I don't see the, the amount where it does move the needle. And I think that's kind of the, the key issue here is there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in the United States right now to where this is not a pressing issue, except for the people uh, at the NCAA headquarters and, and certainly at, at these NCAA member institutions, because um, because of the when that uh, uh, start date uh, happens, it, it's it's coming. And, and I think that's the, the key for everybody is to how do we get moving along on, on this? And so um, whether it's in, in the next couple of weeks, I know there's the one council meeting on May 19th, I would imagine. Imagine yeah. there's going to be some. I, I know there's going to be some progress on this issue um, coming out of that meeting. So I, I think there's there, there's going to be some movement, but whether it's enough to, like you said, move the needle, um, I, I think that is the, the key question. Is, is where do we kind of go from here? So let me let me ask you this: It's July second, Florida, New Mexico, Georgia, Mississippi. The bill went into effect yesterday. What happened? Do we have we voted on an NCAA central policy for the other states? Has the earth ceased to spin across its axis? What what do you think has happened happens on July 2nd? I think ultimately the the process we're we're gonna get the third party administrator issue figured out over the next 
three to four weeks. I think that's in, in the immediate term. That's what's going to happen. Then we're going to see the NCAA legal strategies start to play out. I, I think coming probably before that date that you just mentioned, they're, they're, they're going to have to get some sort of injunction. Um, you know, maybe maybe they do change course and, and, and allow these laws to take place and just say everybody can deal with it and, and, and kind of take a, a laissez-faire approach to things. But I, I doubt that's going to happen. I think ultimately we're, we're going to see some legal action, whether it's uh, against the NCAA or whether the NCAA is, is the one that, that's taking it out. Like something is going to budge on that front uh, over the next five, five to six weeks. And then uh, and from yeah. there, we'll, we'll see what people say about level, level playing fields. But yeah, I can I can I can imagine the frustration over over different rules. And, and then I, I would imagine the either the board of governors or the the D one council, and then it's approved by the board board of governors, will will put the nil proposals that we saw back in January with a few tweaks here or there uh, that they've hopefully have. have made to address some of the the antitrust issues uh, that the Justice Department raised, I would imagine that's going to get passed, um, you know, certainly in the July time frame. Maybe it's not in time for uh, July 2nd. Maybe it's uh, maybe it does end up happening in June. But kind of like what we were saying about uh, Congress and, and what's happening in Washington, the NCAA moves very slowly on these issues. So I, I don't think this is going to be a process that that's sped up. I, I think everybody's still going to take their times. Those meetings are, uh, you know, certainly on the books. And, you know, sometimes there's two or three, three, uh, weeks between meetings and you know sometimes you just can't get to it and so I think ultimately we're going to have that date pass and uh, something is going to happen in, in terms of the NCAA they're, they're going to provide that kind of baseline to where yeah you can do some some name image and likeness deals but I, I think it is going to kind of vary widely in terms of what each school is going to you know really push for and, and allow with their student athletes yeah the that, that wouldn't shock me I, I I think my conservative estimate right now would be we don't have a, a ready to go national policy by Jan, by July 2nd, but we will before the start of you know, before like September 1. That, that maybe something ends up happening in mid or late July. You have two beautiful weeks of anarchy where almost nothing happens. Um, if this matters, like one of the other kind of fun things we can kind of wrap up on this that I've been kind of tracking is how much of a recruiting advantage is this going to be like capital R really? It, it, especially given that there's kind of an assumption that, that whatever, you know, first to the market benefits that you get is not going to last for, for several months afterwards. And right now, like, guess how many division one uh, recruits both New Mexico schools have signed, despite the fact that it's common knowledge that they're going to be able to profit from and name image like this July one. Do, do you know off the top of your head, how many at New Mexico or New Mexico state currently committed for the class of 2022? I'll go five combined less as of right now it is one a no star recruit uh from texas so i i'm i'm willing to bet that uh the the enormous recruiting advantages there are only going to be play into the margins rather than being a a clearly defined like a defining advantage sort of like what we saw with cost of attendance like i'm old enough to remember when it was like oh my gosh alabama is going to be able to drop four thousand more dollars that's going to change the paradigm every single school has to be able to do this you're going to go drop to high school and now almost everybody in fbs offers it the vast majority of division one offer it meaningfully comes up in recruiting very very rarely um, and and there are differences in what schools are actually offering in, in cost of attendance and, and in some sports, like outside of football and basketball, potentially significant ones, people t typically don't make decisions just off that $3,000 one way or another. And I wouldn't be shocked if when the dust clears 
years and we look back on this three years later, we realized that we spilled, spilled so much digital ink over something that at the end of the day, Alabama and Ohio State are going to sign most of the best players. And then your Penn States and Auburns and Georgias will sign the rest. And it will be just like it's always been since time immortal. I could be wrong, but the inertia in this business is a pretty powerful force. Yeah, I don't think any recruit out there, whether you're you're a five star top, tw- you know, top twenty, top fifty type recruit, or whether you're just kind of uh, hoping for a scholarship from an FBS institution, uh, I don't think anybody's saying, "Well, I'm I'm definitely going to the state of Florida because they've got this this law in the books." I don't think anybody's you know who knows these these kids are, are really uh, dialing down into that because you know what they're they're looking at playing time, they're looking at the who you know what the depth chart situation is, um, you know, and and I. And I I do think there is uh, has been some progress in terms of what the coaches are offering to a lot of these kids. Hey, we're going to help you with your branding. You're going to get a logo. I, I saw, I think it was Colorado, you know, for their new recruiting class. They had really a logo for each of their guys. You're, you're going to see stuff like that happen, um, you know, pretty, pretty broadly uh, where, you know, a school is offering to help with your brand. And, and that takes, yeah. you know, various, you know, iterations, um, you know, whether you're at USC or whether you're at the other USC across, you know, across the country. I mean, there's, there's going to be variations on that. And I think that is part of the recruiting pitch nowadays. It has been, frankly, uh, for the last couple of years, no matter what uh, ends up happening with NIL, you know, these, these programs have kind of pitched that to these, these kids and uh, kind of as in, in, in addition to you're going to get a good education. And in addition, we're going to send you on to the NFL. You're going to play in a college football playoff, et cetera. But what, what I think is, is going to be unique is I, I think you're going to see everything kind of uh, everybody worried about uh, certain aspects. I know there's, Oh, they're going to get some booster to end up paying you know a guy fifty thousand dollars. I don't think you're going to see those those kind of one off type of issues. Um, I think it's ultimately going to be kind of quiet to start off with and and really kind of normalized uh, as everybody just kind of feels their way through this thing. And obviously, a lot of it's going to have to do with what ultimately uh, ends up happening, whether we we get injunctions and and what schools are permitted to do, uh, what what a lot of these companies are, are really going to be able to offer um, in terms of that marketplace for these athletes um you know maybe maybe they're the ones that that ultimately kind of kind of put a stop to things um and and, and limit things for um the athletes themselves um but i, I think I, I was just thinking about that you know what maybe maybe we should try to get some athletes to sponsor this podcast maybe 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 we should be an active participant in this marketplace are you are you like uh hey mr ohio state starting quarterback do you want to just um you know jump well, you know listen it's been a blessing that this podcast has enjoyed some some commercial success. You know, we're on episode 16 and we appreciate that this audience is growing. I've been I've been very fortunate that extra points can sustain, you know, support me after a year. I don't think I have Ohio State starting quarterback money. I think I could probably cobble together Georgetown starting quarterback money. Like if listen, if you're in the Patriot League, Matt at extrapointsmb.com, right? We just we just we just have to find our our, our niche, right? It worked for the solid verbal. Maybe, you know, I don't I don't want to say that I don't want to say that we want to drop bags to encourage recruiting impropriety. I would never want to be smart to the sacred principles of amateurism in college athletics, no matter how funny that might be. Um, but are, are there are there marketing opportunities for us? Maybe something to think about.
You know, it's too bad that uh, that main offensive lineman who had that great oh my gosh four years ago. I think he, he got drafted by uh, a CFL club, but you know, if he had been there, he was the first round draft pick. He, he would have been nice. perfect. You know, I, I think uh, you know uh, I, I forget his his actual name, but uh, he, he was drafted uh, out of you know Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, the offensive lineman that, that went to the Broncos. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. somebody like that. You know, could have been uh, up our alley, but uh, I think that might be where where we kind of focus our efforts on. Okay, so so here's 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 what I'm hearing. There's a lot of regulatory uncertainty. State lawmakers not always doing the best job about this. We'll continue to follow the ups and downs. Lord willing, we'll have some resolution this summer. When the dust settles, when we make sure that we're not going to get hauled off to college sports jail, we're going to try to sponsor some memes. Is that is that is that what I'm hearing here? Because like I mean, I'm I. And absolutely okay, setting aside some of the extra points marketing budget that would have gone to some consulting company or or another podcast or radio and setting that aside to to sponsor somebody who might get the Peisman trophy. Like, yeah, that works for me. I think if we exclusively focus on Peisman candidates uh, week by week of, of the college football season, in which that m- might not be a, an awful marketing strategy if you're out there and you're not just uh, talking about uh, this podcast. But I mean, uh, it's just all going to be interesting because things are going to happen really quickly. And, and I think everybody's going to have to kind of deal with things on the fly. And pretty much everybody's going to be in that same boat, whether you're yeah. a player out there, whether you're an administrator, whether you're a coach. Uh, you know, I mean, like are our coaches going to have to get to the point where in addition to carving out an hour for, you know, uh, guys going to tutoring during the day, are, are they going to have to carve out an hour for them to kind of take care of their name, image and likeness thing? That might be something that uh, ends up popping up that we're all just going to have to deal with. It's, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And whether what kind of movement we ultimately see uh, come come August, come September, um, is what everybody is, is really going to have to be focused on. Yeah, I mean, Duquesne just like last week hired a player brands coach to work with their men's basketball team. It's my understanding it's not a full time job. It's somebody that already is a creative services professional in Pittsburgh and is going to work with the rest of the athletic department. And if that just becomes part of the the coaching organizational chart, like Adobo or a, a, somebody who handles social media. And that's just that's just the world we live in. Anyway, I'm excited to continue to follow this. And I'm, I'm, I was kidding, but also maybe not kidding about potentially participating in this. What better way to track this marketplace than by launching a case study of our own um, above board, of course. Um, so anyway, if you're if you're an athlete and uh, you're a walking meme and you care about uh, the finances of college athletics, uh, I'm at Matt at Extra Points MB. If you are a spot or interested in sponsoring this, if I haven't scared your way over the last 20 minutes, um, this does reach a growing audience audience of college athletic fans and influencers. We are at sales at extrapointsmb.com. Brian, where can the internet find you? As always on Twitter, Brian D. Fisher, B-R-Y-A-N-D-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Best place to follow me and all of my random musings on NIL and beyond. Uh, Awesome. I'm at Matt Brown EP on Twitter. So you don't confuse me with the other Matt Browns that extra points is that extra points mb.com. Everyone. Thanks for listening. We got some, I think some fun and insightful guests scheduled later this month. Uh, I'll see you in your inboxes and then your cell phones catch up with you next week. Mm-hmm.